0: message notes. I want you to see the big idea today. And then I want you to say it with me. The big idea, which is the answer to the question, how do we make the most of our lives? The big idea is this. We live life on purpose. Will you repeat that after me on a count of three? Live life on purpose. One, two, three. Yeah. Live life on purpose. It's amazing. And it's also hard to do. But there's a passage today that helps us really focus on how to live life on purpose. Look at the passage. It's Ephesians 2.10. You can open your Bibles to Ephesians 2.10 if you desire or look at it on the screen or look at it on your message notes. It says this, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has planned in advance for us to do. I was 22 when I first read that. I was wearing a suit. I was at a Bible study in the morning, and I drove to my sales job in the city. This was back in 1991. And I thought, wow, there is a very specific purpose for my life. And over time, this passage has had deep meaning to me. And over time, it's really helped me understand a few things. And look at the three things on your message notes here. That people who live on purpose understand this passage... And they realize this. They're created by a loving God. And that they're actually being recreated on earth when they live a life with Christ. So that part in the passage where it says, created in Christ Jesus. It's him giving us a new perspective. It's him who's making us more aware of who he wants us to be. It started with God creating us. And then... It's Him who uses us to restore the world wherever we are, doing the good works that He's called us to. This goes so beyond the walls of the church. This happens in your everyday life. Look at the quote on the bottom of your insert. The place God calls you is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. God has a place for all of us. If you look on the next page of your insert, here's what you'll see. Our purpose on a daily basis is really made up of many parts. It's made up of our passions and desires, the people that we're around each day, our skills and our gifts, and then the story, the understanding of how we know God. And it all comes together and He'll use it. These people today represent that. And we've uh, been asking them questions all week and they've been giving us answers. And we're going to start today uh, by Janet uh, really uh, walking them through the first question.
1: Well, um, when we got everybody together, we realized they didn't know each other, and we know that you don't know all of them, so the way they're going to introduce themselves is they're going to answer this question. Um, When and what motivated you to live your life on purpose for Christ? And Kalea, we're going to start with you.
2: Um, Hi, yes, I'm Kalea, and I'm a student at Carmont High School, and when I was young, I was taught to live my life for God and for his glory. And what motivated me was starting to attend the Christian Club at Carmont. And when I was there, I felt God calling me to get involved, and later I became the president.
3: Hmm. Hi, my name is Stephen Wang. I'm a uh, high school biology teacher. And uh, I was motivated to live for for Christ during my first year of teaching. Uh, I went in as a new teacher knowing my job was to help fulfill uh, the kids' academic potential. Uh, But over the past eight years, God's shown me the joy and freedom that comes in uh, living into the the fullness of Christ, and I feel like uh, he's saying to me, that's what the kids need to know, that they're loved no matter who they are and no matter how they're doing in my class.
4: Hi, I'm Annalisa Cochran, and it was about 20 years ago when I discovered my husband's pornography addiction, and I felt like I was all alone. I felt like I had nobody to talk to and no support system. And um, churches weren't even addressing that topic, and the congregations with the men at that time, let alone with their wives. And what motivated me is thinking that if I could get through it, I would help other women get through it too so they wouldn't be alone um, like I was. And so um, my husband was a champion in working through his recovery, and he's led other men as well. And so now we have shown others the way through it also.
5: Thanks. I'm uh, Mark Cochran, Annalisa's husband, and as Annalisa said, I had a porn addiction that almost destroyed my marriage, and so my motivation was to save my marriage. Um, The first step was for me to get freedom from this addiction by joining a a healing program that's specifically for this kind of addiction. I um, participated in Men Pursuing Purity and and Falling Forward. The second step was for um, me to get my heart to come alive again by attending a, a wild at heart boot camp. Um, since then, I've had a, a passion to help men turn their lives around and let them know that there's hope.
6: Good morning. My name is Rebecca Matthias, and I am a wife, a mom, an attorney uh, with a law practice here. Um, for me, it was post-college Um, when I had some pivotal conversations with two spiritual leaders in the faith, Gary Haugen of IJM and Bob Goth, and he is another author. And I shared with them about my conflicted heart, about wanting to go into full-time ministry, um, but also feeling gifted in the areas of law. For me, what was motivating was them telling me that going to law school and becoming a lawyer was not mutually exclusive with living a life on mission.
7: Thank you. Hi, my name is Melanie Pereira, and the when and the why and my motivation for living for Christ began when I was 17. At the time, I was losing my best friend, John, to leukemia. Um, Our families grew up together. We were neighbors. And in my teens, I spent many of my days um, with John on the sidelines while our brothers played baseball and street hockey. And I also spent a lot of time with him in the hospital. Um, My time with John would change my life forever because it drew me closer to God. And in that time of pain and suffering, he not only revealed himself to me, but to John. And in his last months, I saw a peace that surrounded him. So it may not have been the miracle that we were all praying for, but God was in that pain and suffering. And the motivation began when I spent all those hours in the hospital and saw the difference that nurses made in his life. Um, and it motivated me to become a nurse. Um, and I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner.
8: Hi, my name is... My name is Mary Gianni, um, and in 2011, I reluctantly read Radical. Um, in fact, I was so adamant that I did not have time to read it, that I was one sitting in church as Gary is pushing the book in the group, saying, you cannot possibly mean me. Um, there's no way I have time for another group. Um, but a friend, an unchurched friend, showed up unexpectedly. And what motivated me was at the end of the service, she turned to me and she said, I want to do a group. And I was in shock. I knew that God was telling me that I had to do this. So I just looked right back at her and said, Great, we're doing a group, and we want you to be a part of it. So the group was formed then. Um, But God really used Radical um, to push me outside my comfort zone and to let me see that he wants me to be intentional with relationships um, with those that are right around me.
9: Hi, I'm John Liu and uh, I work for an education nonprofit called Teach for America. And for me, I trace it back to uh, my childhood and then college experiences. I I grew up in Hong Kong, and uh, my parents were leaders in our church, and I was motivated by seeing their example in serving others from all walks of life. Uh, Later on, I moved here to the States and uh, was in college at Princeton and uh, was really involved in our Christian College Fellowship and had the opportunity to intern there the year after I graduated and that experience changed my life I realized that my work didn't have to just be about a paycheck and from then God was confirming um, that he was calling
10: me to work at organizations that were mission driven hi my name is Doug Morton and I worked for a risk management company I'm now retired uh, the beginnings for me started in college when I accepted Christ and then uh, the verse, Ephesians 2.10, came to me and has become my life verse, and that is that I'm God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he created in advance for me to do. And the way that applied in my office was I found my good works to be serving the poor, serving those in poverty. And so I would tell stories at work about... The work that I was doing outside of work, and then always wanted to be prepared to give the answer of why. Why do you do that? And as I did, people came to Christ, and many in the company are now serving and caring for people in San Francisco.
11: Hi, I'm Marion Robbins, and a number of years ago, our former pastor Robert uh, Rod Taves. Uh, challenged the Lamplighters class with a verse from 1 Chronicles 4.10. And it um, says, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. And that verse motivated me. Uh, I really resonated with that. And through that, I felt that it was time for me to step out and uh, minister to those who... Uh, no longer can be uh, maybe at church, um, they're confined. And so um, that's where God's leading me.
12: Hi, I'm Scott Bedard. I work in the tech industry. Um, And for me, it was about a year ago, which was just six months after I accepted Christ. Uh, And what motivated me was just wondering what it would be like to have Jesus at work with me all day. Um, It was a time where I was spending a lot of time with God before 9 a.m. and after 5 p.m., but during the day, my pride was telling me, this is my job. I've been trained for this. I can handle anything that comes at me, Um, and I knew that was a lie, but how do you break through that stronghold? Mm.
1: So I think you heard from everyone. It was anything from your upbringing to circumstances to brokenness to the Word of God to just um, a new conversion to Christ that has motivated um, people to live their life on purpose. And I'm sure you're hearing some of those little threads in your own life. So listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you through these people. Hmm. Go ahead, Brian. Our
0: next question for this group, and all won't answer, uh, goes along these lines. Based on the fact there was a time when, and there was a what and why motivation, uh, what has God done since then? And so we've asked a few, and we're going to go back to Scott, but what has God led you to do? Give us some specifics. He's six months, actually he's a year and a half into walking with Christ right now, but it began to churn in him at the six month mark that I got to start. God's called me to do some things differently. Tell us about that.
12: So God has led me just to be a light at work. So one of, the, one of the things that I do is, you know, every meeting, you walk into a meeting, people ask you, how, how are you? Uh, my answer is always, I'm blessed. How are you doing? Uh, and that usually responds back with a chuckle, or it you can tell that people are thinking about it. Uh, a lot of times they'll dive in deeper and be like, blessed. Why are you blessed? Uh, and it's just a great way to start out every single meeting. Uh, second of all is just... I stopped swearing at work. I stopped gossiping, (laughs) slandering, and that just has freed up a lot of time at work. (laughs) Um, ah! (laughs) Amen. Ah, I see people understand. Uh, The other thing is um, I've added volunteering as a team-building event rather than just all the booze fests we used to have for all the happy hours and things like that, Um, and people really enjoy those, actually. Uh, One great story is we were about to acquire a company um, and during that process, I actually prayed about it and got back strong messages of walk away. Um, so I went into work and sat down with the CEO and CFO, and I, was, I explained what I had heard. Uh, and they had agreed, like, okay, those are all valid points, but we really need this technology. How about we just move ahead cautiously? Uh, and we did that, and sure enough, in the l- next couple weeks, it came to light that the CEO of the company we we're about to acquire had multiple sexual harassment lawsuits pending against him. Um, mm. So we we walked away from that, and uh, it was a great story. Uh, and then finally, just changing the performance review system at work um, is is a big passion of mine. It's uh, Traditionally, performance review systems are about shame and humiliation and everything you did wrong in the last you know half of the year or the year. Uh, And just trying to change that to be more of a, you know, what have you done good? How can we build you up? You know, how can we get you to perform better with your goals um, and more Mm forward-looking?
0: Mary, your focus has been the neighborhood. Give us specifics about uh, what God's led you to do.
8: Um, So after reading Radical, God led um, another PCC friend and I to start a group. And we hosted a coffee for about 30 women. And... um, We invited them to participate in what we were going to be doing. The women represented multiple churches as well as women that were unchurched. And five years later, um, we still have um, a group. It has evolved. Um, And the women have different levels of um, faith. But we have gotten, um, we've really built a trust. Um, We are vulnerable with each other. And um, we are sharing our lives and our faith. So then God also um, had me looking at my neighborhood and how I could really be intentional. I at the time had three different schools across my three kids, and so I was spending and none of the schools were in my neighborhood, so I was spending most of my time leaving my neighborhood instead of looking at it and developing relationships mm-hmm. and across our block, there were um, about thirty families that represented six different mil- middle schools, so very fragmented um, so I on a Christmas brunch, and I called it Christmas, um, and then more recently um, I threw a block party, and um, God really led us to this block party. I had been wanting to do something. There's all these young families um, with kids, and they didn't know each other, and um, uh, my husband was talking to a, a neighbor, and she said she wanted to get to know the other moms, and my husband was like, you know, Mary wants to put on a block party. so." There I was. Um, She followed up with me. And five weeks later, on the hottest day of September last month, um, we had a bounce house, tables, chairs, pizzas, chips, drinks, lots of ice. And um, over 70 people showed up um, in my front yard for the block party. and I just saw that um, God really wanted me there um, to support these moms and these families. And I realized, too, that I was now the um, quote-unquote experienced mom as there are a lot of young kids. And so that it, it is just my calling, really, to um, help connect these families and these women.
10: Thanks. Mary. So I'm Doug Morton, and um, I mentioned that I was with a risk management company. I was one of the leaders in the company. And part of our job as leaders was to do performance reviews with our employees. One of our employees completed his review, and I said, is there anything else? He said, yes, we don't do anything to help the people in our community in which we work. And my reaction was, okay, give me a business plan. And so he, in fact, did that. It started the Care committee for our company. That con- that care committee is now over 200 people, and we're involved in more than 50 different service activities in San Francisco to help those in poverty and need.
4: Um, I'm Annalise again, and about four years ago, God led me to start a group. Uh, support group for women whose husbands struggle with sexual addiction and we've had about 35 women participate in this group and it's been neat to see women who come into the group with tears of pain and within just a few meetings have threads of hope and I've seen amazing stories of women um, whose lives have gone through um, whose marriages have gone through redemption and um, um, beauty from ashes.
5: I'm Mark again. Um, About 18 years ago, God led a men's group that I was in, five of us, to start a Wild at Heart boot camp at Mount Hermon. Um, And we've held over the course of 12 years, 18 events that has impacted uh, almost 2,000 men, which means it's also impacted their families and their wives in a powerful way. Um, I've also helped launch some Uh, programs for people who struggle with sexual addictions of various kinds, pornography addictions. Um, Those programs are called Men Pursuing Purity and Falling Forward. Um, Also started a um, mentor training program to teach men how to mentor other men and uh, mentor a number of men myself. Uh, Also, Annalise and I, um, we coach engaged and married couples who want to have... Um, a healthier marriage so thank you
1: so as we um, enter into this living our life on purpose um, God sends us out on a great adventure and there's ups and downs and along the road we are shaped and healed as we participate in the healing of others right so Kalea why don't you tell us a little bit about how you've been shaped and healed as you followed Jesus intentionally
2: um, one way that um, I'm being shaped and healed through being president of Christian Club is that God is teaching me to let go of a lot of my like, worries mm. about um, just being in charge. Like, I often worry about being able to keep up with all the people, and if like I constantly stress about being able to um, carry through on all of my promises and responsibilities and um i also worry about um like the presentation of christian club um about whether people on the outside view the people in the club as being like judgmental Mm -hmm. or unfriendly and um after the realization had hit me that i've been given a lot of responsibility um god really just showed me that it's him in control of the situation and that it's not about me being in charge, it's about him using me to do good
9: works. Yeah, I'm John, and I'm being shaped and healed by uh, learning to love like Christ, understand my identity, and have integrity. Uh, So when I started managing a team of people at work, I started reflecting on what does it mean to be a Christian manager, and uh, was convicted that it involves loving those people On my team just as christ loved us but when i think about god's sacrificial love for us his amazing grace uh, i have a hard enough time conjuring that up at home with my wife and daughter let alone at work with the people on my team Mm -hmm. and so the gospel has been teaching me about the depth of christ's love but also the limits of my own efforts and how much more i need the holy spirit to work through me if I'm to truly be a witness for who he really is. Uh, I've also been continually learning uh, about how my identity is rooted in Christ. And so my motivation doesn't need to stem from pleasing people at work, uh, but really should be about giving glory to God. So practically that's meant not being worried about my upcoming performance review with my boss and keep on uh, deferring it. Uh, On the flip side, it's also meant being convicted that when I'm working from home, uh, I need to be more diligent than I have been, because even though my boss isn't in the room with me, God is. Um, The last thing I'll say is that uh, working in my workplace, it's been a blessing to be surrounded by people who are so passionate about social justice and has pushed me to think about how I can be more active in my community and how much more we as Christians should be advocating for justice.
7: Hi again, I'm Melanie. Um, I'm being shaped and healed by God by growing in humility, boldness, compassion, and also in my prayer life. God humbles me daily by helping me to understand that he is ultimately in control and I'm a better nurse because of it. I think all of us who work in the medical or nursing profession carry our work home with us and we shoulder the pain and suffering of our patients. But what gives me the energy and the drive and the passion is that I'm not shouldering it alone. Now, I would think that I'm not a particularly reckless person um, that takes a lot of risks, but God has led me to take risks for him in my career. Um, Like quitting my very well-paying, stable, well-paying, stable job (laughs) to work in Malawi and volunteer, for a year without a salary. And in that time, I saw how God showed up in so many ways. I saw his provision, and despite making choices that the world would probably question, he has blessed me through it. And he has given me new eyes of compassion towards others. I have the privilege of caring for and treating people that society would define on the fringes, and I get to see them through God's eyes, and it's an immeasurable gift. And lastly, God has shaped my prayer life. What has fueled me as a pediatric nurse is the time I spend in prayer with the Lord. And in the early part of my career, I prayed before every shift. It was almost like a ritual. If I didn't pray, I probably was gonna have a bad shift. Hmm. And at the time, I was a new nurse. I was taking care of critically ill children in a cardiac and organ transplant unit. And in those days, I was really afraid of failing. The beauty of Christ is that he, he casts out all fear, and he is perfect in his love. So as I was coming to God about everything that was stressing me out about my patience um, and making the right decisions as a new nurse, God was using that time to bring me closer to him through scripture and prayer. Mm. And he revealed himself to me and changed my heart to a place where I now come to him first and throughout the day, whether I'm working or not.
0: Mm. Thanks, Mel. I love that change. Love that change. We have two more questions. We're going to do it kind of quickly. So the group that's answering this fourth question, be a little succinct and just give us the, the top layer. The next question is, besides how it shaped you, which we just talked about, now it's about the challenges, just the, the endless challenges when we're trying to live on purpose and how that goes. So go ahead. Mary. Mary.
11: yes the challenge has been for me to find the balance and being able to pray with people i see that in some cases when i go visit someone i can become very emotionally involved with them and the challenges that they are facing and so i'm having to learn how to balance that and then also i find that it's not easy for me to pray out loud and so to try to pray with the people that I go and see has um, been a challenge for me, and God's still working on me.
3: As a teacher, my um, biggest challenge is perseverance. Uh, I see kids all the time that uh, have a lot of needs that aren't, aren't being met. Um, we have uh, emotional hurt from divorce and from abuse. We have physical needs as a result of poverty and homelessness. Uh, a lot of mental health needs that aren't being met because of cultural stigma and a, and a lack of access to care. And as a teacher I sometimes feel like this is way bigger than I than my school or my classroom and, and there's nothing I can do about it and I kind of fall into this deficit ideology where it's so much easier to say well that's what happens when people don't value education or people don't value hard work or if they don't follow god and uh it's so much easier to to blame those cultural the, the cultural or moral deficiency rather than Uh, Look at the social or political context that create them, and I I really think that that's the way of the enemy's um, attempts to to pull us away from doing the important work of caring um, For the poor and disenfranchised and so for me that's been a really really big challenge to uh, Go to God for strength each day to to block out those lies and uh, to focus on the good work My challenge my
8: challenge is to be bold Um, being bold in faith for me is scary and um, with this group Um, Even though we open in prayer and we read faith-based books, I've really had to um, be bold in terms of bringing the discussion to um, our faith, to sharing my faith. Um, Some women have been very uncomfortable with some of the discussions. Um, Some have actually left the group, and then some who are uncomfortable have actually really surprised us. Um, So just it comes down to, for me, that... um, I have to step outside my comfort zone every week and just remember that it's him and not me.
12: Uh, for me, it's my biggest challenge is just busyness. The The day takes over and I just run as fast as I can and let Jesus catch up to me on, on the way home in the car.
6: Mm-hmm. And... Uh, For me, uh, my challenge is feeling torn and overwhelmed. I'm on call 24-7 with the daily balance of wearing multiple hats as a mom and a lawyer and an entrepreneur. Um, So weekly, if not daily, I have to ask the Lord, is this what you're still calling me to Um, when I feel torn leaving my son in the morning to go off to work? Um, And so I have to be continually led by the spirit and walk out in what he is leading me to do, um, even if it doesn't always make sense.
1: So thank you, all of you. Oh, well, I'm losing my mic. Um, You have a final word for the body, so why don't you go ahead and just give that to them, um, something that they can take home with them about what it means to live their life on purpose.
2: Um, Yes. I would encourage you to, um, rather than dwelling on what went wrong or how something failed, Um, I would encourage you to think about how this obstacle could be used to um, develop you in Christ or to show God's love to those around you.
3: I think when it comes to evangelism in the workplace, we always think about looking for an opportunity to verbally share Jesus. But I I think more important than that, it's it's about how we love and care for one another that really allows them to experience Christ. Um, And so yeah, keeping that in mind is really important.
4: I think it's important to remember to not let the enemy discourage you, to remember Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up.
5: For the men in this room, um, I just want to remind you that you were designed by God to live um, in a fully alive and, and in a much larger story. And so I just encourage you to do three things specifically as takeaways. Um, one, if you have struggle with any addictions, go to a, a group that, he, that is designed to, to specifically heal um, those problems. Um, two, find a way to, to come fully alive in your life. Um, and three, um, join a men's group if you're not in one already. You need a band of brothers around you to help you become uh, and live out the, the kind of masculine integrity you were designed to live in.
6: God often calls us to take risks and obey even without clarity on how it's going to work out. Um, so my challenge is to continue to say yes to him, even if the path will be painful and there will be suffering. And because he, the Lord doesn't always promise comfort, but he does um, a comfortable path, an easy path. But he does promise his presence and his continual presence to be with us.
7: All of you here today have your own unique gifts and talents. And if you haven't already answered these questions, what do you like about yourself and what are you good at? I would say start there.
8: When God puts something on your heart, um, just do it. And my theme song is Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer because that's how I get anything done.
9: Um, We can each join God in the renewal
10: of all things. It's Christ in me that does the good works.
11: Be open to God's leading and the new challenges he places before you, and then trust him to work through you.
12: Uh, And for me at work, it's, it's finding physical ways to focus on him. So right at the start of the day when I get to the office, I open up the door and pause for Jesus to walk in first. I picture him walking in, and then I follow him in. Um, The other stuff that I do is just in a meeting. I'll adjust a chair for Jesus to sit next to me. Uh, And then the calendar reminders of 10 minutes to the next meeting, that's 10 seconds to pray for the next meeting. Uh, And finally, it's just don't be afraid to just get up in the middle of the meeting and just say, thank God that worked, and actually mean it.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. All right, let's pray. Yeah, let's give him a hand. This is not easy to do. right let's pray father we thank you uh, for these living examples of your living word um, that you truly have made us all a masterpiece and you've created us each one of us in Christ Jesus to do good works which you set out in advance for us to do we are so grateful that we get to um, walk into whatever door it is that you want to open for us and to know that we're not alone in that that you get the glory in all of all, all of the things that you lead us to do. We thank you again for these people. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: You've been listening to the Peninsula Covenant Church Podcast. We're located at 3560 Farm Hill Boulevard in Redwood City, California. You can reach us online at www.peninsulacovenant.com.